David, welcome. Thank you so much for meeting with me. Didn't have much of a choice, did I? Sorry. I'm a little tired. We just want to see you ease into things. You've been through quite the ordeal, and there's a lot to take in. How's the collar working? Good. Though, I wish you'd let me spend some time without it. You will. For now, we wanted to keep your exposure to a minimum. You've never had this level of engagement. Thousands of people all broadcasting at once can be a bit overwhelming. Your mind needs time to adjust and strengthen before you can join the general population. But Rosalind and Petra were able to leave whenever they- are being taken care of. You'll see them shortly. They're undergoing their debriefing as well. And I'll see them whenever I'm done? As soon as we are done. Petra is quite an impressive little girl. Her abilities, as young as she is, are nothing short of astounding. To be able to communicate over 15,000 kilometers without training or amplification is almost unheard of, even among our people. When will I be allowed out of here? Not much longer. David, you've shown remarkable progress in your projection abilities. In a few moments, we'll begin your session. Today, we're going to remove your collar. While the collar works as a localized measure to prevent your mind from receiving and projecting your thoughts, this room is designed to help you strengthen your natural ability. You will be able to project freely within these walls. You and I will be able to communicate without the distraction of the world outside. I thought today you could tell me a little bit more about your life. We have the details of your intake evaluation, but I'm hoping to get a little more specific. We want to create the official record of your story, David. I encourage you to project what you can. I'm going to remove the collar now. Take a minute if you like. Stretch if you need to. It's fine. I'm ready. All right. We'll start easy. Remember, there's no pressure. Project what you like, when you like. You said you used to dream of this place. When do you first remember being aware of those dreams? When I was little. I don't think I even knew what a city was, or even a town. I would see it in my dreams. I saw a big, bright blue bay. I could see streets and buildings. There was a, a waterfront with boats bobbing in the harbor. I could see them all so clearly, though. I, I can't say I'd ever seen a boat before. Or the sea. I had only heard of them from my uncle. That must have been confusing. It was. I remember asking my sister Mary, she was older than me, where this wonderful place could be. David, you know there is no such place. Maybe you're dreaming of the past, of the time before. Dreams, they can be funny sometimes. But Mary... Maybe you're seeing a little bit of the old days, before tribulation came. David, maybe you should keep this to yourself. Dreams like this don't come to most people. These funny pictures, most people don't have them, awake or asleep. That was good, David. That was very clear. Bring her back. Tell me about her dress. Render it the best you can. The women in Walknuck the town I grew up in, tend to wear simple dresses, but always embroidered with the cross, shoulder to shoulder, neck to hem. Certainly a pious community. Certainly. Do you judge us? No. It's a notion I am unfamiliar with, is all. Primitive. No, not primitive. Different. I don't mean to imply It's all right. 
It's all we knew. Being here now, I understand. Primitive. I'm not sure if you noticed. I'm left-handed. The people in my district always looked at me with suspicion. Anything odd or unusual, they had a sharp eye for it. Needless to say, my sister's advice about keeping quiet stuck. You took it to heart. I must have had some sense there was something different about me. The strange connection I had with Rosalind as a child, I kept to myself. I don't think she and I even talked about it ourselves. I, I didn't feel strange, though. I, I was a normal boy, growing up in a fairly normal way. But I think I buried it deep down. That is, until I met Sophie. Sophie Wender. She was part of the community we... Killed. David. There was no telling whether she would have... Rebecca, if we are going to sit here, and if you are going to create the official record of my story, then it will be my story to tell. Sophie Wender was slaughtered. Whether it was by your hands or not, you made no effort to save her. Which, seeing the things you and your people are capable of, you most certainly could have had she not been beneath your attention. Sophie's death was an unfortunate outcome, but the prime mission was to rescue Petra. Anyone else, including yourself, was outside the purview of our task. Convenient. Nothing is convenient when it comes to survival, David. She must have been someone you cared for deeply. To be honest, I barely knew her. Not really, anyway. That doesn't negate the of fact that you could have... Of course not. You have to understand we were young. Maybe ten years old, if that. Why don't you tell me about when you first met her? There were days back then when I would wander off for a bit. There was this hill south of our farm. You had to cross several fields. The rain had worn away this little sandy patch and created a slide. If you sat down and pushed off, you could get a decent amount of speed. This one morning, I had spent a good amount of time exploring and sliding. Hello. I heard her. Hello. She was a complete stranger to me, which was an astonishing thing to encounter. What's your name? Sophie, what's yours? David. I've never seen you before. Where do you live? Down over there. Can I try? Sure. You just sit here and push off, and down she went. <laughs> She hit the stream, looked back at me, stared straight into my eyes and said, Again! Around the third or fourth time she went down, she didn't quite make the landing. She hit the ground with a thud. Ugh. Come on, Sophie. Oh, I can't, it hurts. What's the matter? My foot's stuck. How stuck? Can't you just pull it out? I can't get it out. Hold on, I'll come down, I'll help pull. No, no, it hurts. We're going to have to cut the laces off, otherwise we can't get your foot out. No, no, I can't. Oh, it hurts. Sophie, you have to take it off. No, I can't. I'm not supposed to take it off. Listen, it's no use. You've got to take your shoe off. If you don't, you're going to have to stay here and die, probably. Fine. But, David, you can't tell anyone. Never, never, ever. Promise me. I promise, Sophie. So I got down there and found a sharp rock. I made quick work of the laces, and soon enough, I got her foot out. It looked a little weird. It was puffy and bent a little, but to be honest, at the time, I didn't even notice that it had more than the normal amount of toes. She had an extra toe? 
She was so brave. Sophie, I'm going to have to get someone to help. No, it's fine. I can make it back on my own. She started to crawl all the way back to her house. And there I was, walking beside her, just holding her shoe. She kept it up for a fairly good while. Then her knees started bleeding. I had never seen anyone who would have kept on like she had. Sophie, let me help you. No, I'm fine. Which way is home? Over there. I'll be right back. It didn't take me long to find her house. I walked up, knocked at the door. Are you Sophie's mother? What is it? I told her everything. Oh, her foot. Where is she? She's over here, this way. Oh, Sophie, sweetheart. Has he seen it? I'm so sorry, Mommy. I tried to get my foot out, but I just couldn't. It just hurt too much. Oh, well, it can't be helped now. Up you get. We went back to their house. Why didn't you run? Why should I have? This girl, she didn't fit the... What did you call it? The true image, did she? From a very young age, the commandments are drilled into your head. But without any real-life comparison, they mean very little. I watched as Mrs. Wender washed and bound Sophie's foot, and it didn't even stir the smallest connection between what I saw and what had been taught to me in church almost every Sunday of my life. My father was the village preacher, so I should have had a better understanding than most of what I was seeing, but it just didn't register. You practiced a form of Christianity, but with other influences. You mentioned something yesterday about Nicholson's repentances? The Bible was our only surviving document from the old people. Nicholson's repentances came about a century after tribulation. Repentances is where we get our definition of man. God created man in his own image. A man should have one body, one head, two arms and legs. Each arm should be jointed in two places and end in one hand. Each hand should have four fingers and one thumb. Each finger should bear a flat fingernail. That's very specific. We must keep pure the stock. So any and all forms of deviation were... Burned. The deviations were burned. The abominations are a different story. We believe that God sent tribulation down upon the old people, and we are climbing our way back to the true image. Repentances gives us the guidelines for how we make that climb. God would punish us with deviations in our crops, livestock, anything we might raise or harvest. The devil would send us abominations. What is the difference? Abominations were children. Children who did not fit the true image. They were seen as the devil trying to infiltrate. But the devil is imperfect. Any child born outside the true image was considered to be soulless. The child would be taken away and never seen or spoken of again. And I believed this. I believed in the power of our Lord to send his justice upon us. I believed the tales my mother used to tell me of the people who lived in the fringes. I believed them all without question. Mrs. Wender, she must have been terrified. She must have known who you were. Not by sight. But she was scared. I could feel it. Distressed. You can't blame her. She was kind. She invited me in. I watched them. They went upstairs. I took advantage of being alone to investigate further. Their house was a bit smaller than our farm, more like a cottage. But there was something about it that I enjoyed. The entire place had a feeling that made you feel 
comfortable. It was a friendly feeling. Mrs. Wender came back downstairs. I could see the concern in her eyes. She grabbed my hands and looked at me hard. For some time she sat there as if she was trying to read something in me. And I could read her. Her anxiety came through strongly, but also her kindness and a strong sense of love that surprised me. I could recognize it, but there had been no previous sign that she had the same intuition that I did. So I thought back. I focused as best I could trying to reassure her, but it just didn't register. David, you like Sophie, don't you? You must like her to have shown her such kindness. I want to thank you. You're a good boy, David. Thank you, Mrs. Wender. I think Sophie is incredibly brave. Her foot must have hurt a lot. I need you to keep a secret. It's a very important secret, but I need you to keep it, for Sophie's sake. Yes, of course. You saw her foot? Her toes? Yes. Well, then you know the secret. You must not tell anyone. The only people who know are me and her father. It must stay this way, David. Of course. No one else. No one at all. If anyone were to find out, well, David, people would be very unkind to her. We have to make sure that never happens. It is very important. Because she has six toes? Yes. It's a secret you must keep, David. No one else can ever know. It must stay between us. Can you promise that to me? I'll promise. I, I can swear if you like. <laughs> the promise is enough. All right, then. We'll keep it a secret and never talk about it again. Yes. Can I see Sophie again? <laughs> if you can without anyone else knowing where you're going, you may. So I left. Soon afterwards, and I can't say how long after, that's when the tenants I learned every Sunday began to merge with my reality. And any creature that shall seem to be human, but is not formed thus, is not human. It is neither man nor woman. It is a blasphemy against the true image of God and hateful in the sight of the Lord. Her toes. She was an abomination. She was a little girl. She was an ordinary little girl. There was nothing frightful about her, yet... According to the definition, she was an abomination and must be cast out. I thought clearly there must be a mistake somewhere, because surely an extra toe couldn't be enough to make her hateful in the sight of God. David, would you like a break? You've been doing so well, but... No, I'm fine. This level of projection is advanced for someone who... I'm fine. Continue. David, that's enough for now. You need to give your mind a rest. If you cannot control your emotions, you cannot project with clarity. Put the collar back on. We'll pick this up after you've rested. The Chrysalids by John Wyndham is licensed by Paperline Limited. Copyright held by the estate of John Wyndham. Adapted and directed for podcast format by James Mashavecchio. Series produced by Cave Theatre Company. Episode 1, Hello David, produced by Daniela Benavides, starring Arshia Panikar as the administrator, Alex Etling as David, Daniela Benavides as Mary, Nicole Jorgensen as Sophie, and Kylie Etling as Mrs. Wender. Original title music by John Kelly. If you like what you hear, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts.
This podcast wouldn't exist without the support of our listeners. Your donations keep the lights on. If you would like to make a tax-deductible donation, check out the link in our show notes. Cave Theatre Company is a registered 501c3.